Welcome to the Marriage Medicine Podcast, the place where busy physicians like you learn how to create marriages they love without sacrificing their commitment to medicine. I am your host, Dr. Sarah Roxa, full-time physician, marriage, and life coach, here to share with you all of the tools I have learned and use every day to create a marriage and home life that are a joy to return to at the end of the day. Are you ready to enjoy time with your partner and up-level your marriage in every way? Welcome. I am so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to episode four of the Marriage Medicine Podcast. I know we are just getting started, but I'm going to diverge from the topic of marriage for this episode and talk about medicine. I will be referring to the self-coaching model as taught by the Life Coach School through which I was certified but is similar to many cognitive behavioral therapy models that explain how our thoughts, feelings, and actions create the experience of our lives. I like to call this a cognitive self-coaching model because it is only part of what I do and teach as a coach. Other tools I use include neuroscience-based tools for self-discovery and integration that I will refer to as self-directed neuroplasticity tools as taught by the Ethical Coaching Collective. Using the word cognitive or thought model helps me keep them straight. If you are not familiar with the thought model and would like more information, or if you just like to have things in print form, you can sign up for my Mind Medicine email mini course that walks you through the self-coaching model and gives you five self-directed neuroplasticity techniques to try. To get it, sign up by following the link in my Instagram bio at marriage.medicine. So last week I said I wanted to share the thought that most impacted my relationship to my job as a doctor and my ability to care for myself at work. I'm going to get into some pretty advanced thinking about the cognitive thought model we were just referencing, but I trust you, my listeners, can handle it, and I hope I will make it clear enough that those of you who have never heard of a thought model will still get something useful out of this discussion. Whether we are talking about coaching or just understanding human behavior or cognitive behavioral therapy, we will come across this conceptual framework. Thoughts create feelings. Feelings drive our actions or behaviors. Our actions or behaviors reinforce our thoughts. Sometimes this framework is drawn as a triangular cycle with thoughts, feelings, and actions or behaviors in the three corners. I am sure you can picture it. I want to use this model to examine this specific thought that runs in the background of many, if not most, medical minds. If I make a mistake, someone will die. If you want to soften it a little, yours may be something like, if I make a mistake, someone will be harmed. We will put aside for a moment the additional thought running in the background of American medical minds. If I make a mistake, I will get sued. Maybe we will unpack that in a later episode, or you can explore your thought models on that later. So what about this thought about harming patients with our mistakes, AKA by being human beings, and the think, feel, act cycle? This is how it played out for me. The neutral circumstance is my patients. The thought, if I make a mistake, patients will be harmed. The feeling that that thought creates is anxiety. Fueled by anxiety or fear, I got busy doing all the things we are conditioned to believe make us good doctors. 
taking care of my patients, ordering and following up on labs, double checking my work, working long hours, prioritizing my patients over myself and family, thinking about my patients when I was not working. And fueled by anxiety, I would rerun old cases in my mind, worry about my patients, second guess my decisions, think and rethink differentials. From anxiety and fear, I was not taking enough time to rest or ever truly relaxing when I was away from work. With all these actions, the result I created was an experience of constant stress around my patient care that actually made it more likely for mistakes to happen. Plus, it felt terrible. In the culture of medicine, and even in the years of study leading up to med school, we are taught to be motivated by the carrot and stick or the fear of failure method. We are all swimming in this fear of failure sea to some extent. So here is when the advanced thinking about the thought model comes in. So stay with me. What I just described is what we would call an unintentional model. This is the think feel, act, cycle, working in the background on automatic. The thought driving the cycle was given to me from external sources, my training, society at large. If I asked my neighbor or a stranger walking down the street, they would all agree that if doctors make mistakes, people get harmed. And it is true, at least some of the time, maybe even most of the time. There are lots of thoughts we think automatically that are not true or we cannot know are true in an absolute sense. This is where the model is easy to follow. Usually when we use the thought model to uncover our thoughts, asking, is it true, is one of those powerful questions that can let our brains open up to consider new interpretations. It pokes holes in the logic our brain is offering, making it less believable and therefore easier to let go of. Let's use a quick and simple example. If the circumstance is no text from a friend in response to an invitation, my thought might be, she is ignoring me. My feeling might be anger. I might take actions like being short with her when she calls later, think about the other times she has ignored my request, wonder what she's doing that's more important than answering me. The result I create is the experience of being ignored in my friendship. It's easy to see how I cannot know that my friend is ignoring me and that believing that thought is causing unnecessary suffering, especially if I come to find out that her phone had died and she did not even receive my invite. This thought that when doctors make mistakes, people are harmed is sticky though. It does not feel like unnecessary suffering. It is not easy to dismiss. This thought has been ingrained into our collective psyche. If I make a mistake, people will be harmed. Or if you're like me and your brain tends towards the dramatic, people will die, does not lose its truth with examination. We could certainly loosen its grip by looking at the data of near misses, but still it is true. So what then? Are we stuck with this thought that drives anxiety and maybe fear that keeps us behaving in ways that do not serve us? Yes, the patients get taken care of, but at what cost? Our current healthcare system in the aftermath of the pandemic is feeling that cost. It is taking the form of the tsunami of burnout and healthcare humans leaving their jobs. 
on a personal level, the cost is in the form of mental and physical well-being. The powerful question to ask here is not, is it true, but is it useful? Not in a relative truth, believe whatever you want kind of way, but in that, what feeling do I want to take action from way? How do I want to be living? So here's the thought that helped me shift. Feel free to borrow it or come up with your own. Try on thoughts that when you think them create feelings that you want to use to fuel your workday. The circumstance is still the same, my patience. The thought though is, I aim to provide excellent care to all of my patients. The feeling is honor. Fueled by honor or pride, I still get busy doing all the things that make me a great doctor. I do my work, see patients, complete charts, order and follow up on tests. I am careful in my work and I communicate with my patients and their families. I also take breaks when I need them. I eat and I go to the bathroom at regular intervals. I leave on time and I take less time to write my notes because I'm no longer second guessing, thinking and rethinking. The result I create now is I take excellent care of my patients and myself. What made this transition possible was exploring my whys, my purpose, and creating my intentional thought and feeling from a desire to serve instead of fear of failure. So what I wanna offer you today is this idea of multiplicity. We have the capacity to honor the truth of many thoughts about the same circumstance at once, and we have the agency to choose which model we want to live from. I'm just going to pause for a second and repeat that part. We have the capacity to honor the truth of many thoughts about the same circumstance at once, and we have the agency to choose which model we want to live from. Believing a new thought on purpose does not have to make the habituated thought untrue or unbelievable. We can just choose to believe it because it's more useful. It takes practice and repetition to change a neural firing habit. And sometimes we slip back into old habituated thought patterns and that is okay. Every moment, every patient encounter, every patient chart is a new opportunity to practice. With practice, we habituate to a new way of thinking. This simple shift in the way my brain orients to my workday gave me so much relief. There is so much more real estate in my brain to do the things and be with the people I love with presence. To be creative and start a podcast, to have restorative rest and to make my work more efficient. It has allowed me to close my notes faster too. This does not mean that every day I wake up excited for another blissful, easy breezy day of patient care. There are times when I get behind in my doctoring duties and there are days when I overthink my differential or plan of care or don't get to all of my calls. But on those days, my inner voice is kind instead of critical. I can make a plan for the next day, hang out with my family and I sleep well. Over time, my intentional thought behind my workday has evolved as have I. The one I practice now is I aim to take excellent care of my patients and of myself. 
what kind of thought would you like to start practicing to incorporate more humanity and more self-compassion into the way you show up to your day? If you are not familiar with the cognitive self-coaching model, or if you would like to learn some quick and easy ways to soothe your nervous system, I would love to send these tools to your inbox. To sign up for my free email mind medicine mini course, follow the link in my Instagram bio at marriage.medicine or just text the word medicine to 55444 now. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Medicine Podcast. If you like what you're learning, please hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode.